I'm not saying we're a good team. This is Tall Can Audio. Oh, it's one of those days in the TCA studio. I blame the maintenance staff that were in here midweek. Fucking with stuff. Tinkering with stuff. It's not good. Matt Robinson alongside Rob Christie. What's happening, man? Sad day today, Matt. Mm. It's one of those days when you have those revelations or it's actually an epiphany or Ooh. maybe it's been thrust upon you. I've had epiphany. Yeah. Or pushed right in your face yeah. that mm. that really this this Sunday afternoon podcast has really got nothing to do with the pod. It has more to do with an excuse for Matt to drink. Oh, this is news? No, I'm just saying it. Sometimes it, it's it's when it when it gets driven home, it sort of hurts my feelings. Makes you feel a bit. unappreciated yeah. just a little bit. It's all right. But Especially it's okay. When you brought the beer again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I and mean, really it's a two way street, right? It's we both get to do this. Yeah. So ah, yeah, I'm over it. It's okay. I don't even bother hitting record most weeks. I just let you bring beer and then we just sit here. And <laughs> well, it gets fucking hot in here, man. Can we not crack a window then? Yeah. Do you remember what happened the last time? Yeah. Fuck. They opened Chair. an international airport in the parking lot under the window. And chairs got broken. There was all It was a whole there. scene, man. We can't be trusted with oh, open window. Oh, it's a scene, window. man. It's a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sitting here with delusions of adequacy. We'll crack into a, uh, a pint. What'd you bring us this week? Delusions of adequacy. Yeah. I see. I always went with delusions of mediocrity. Of grandeur? Never grandeur. Yeah, no. Not that delusional. No, no. This is exactly right. I need to have more to drink before we get we get to that spot. Well, let's do that. Uh, I have brought, again, so uh, we're approaching sort of tolerable levels of beer at home in okay. terms of, which really means- Shit. Which just means I can- <laughs> You don't have to keep bringing them for Matt? Uh, no. I for just... people who missed last week- Rob's got his beer of the month club that sends him a bunch of stuff every week and he's not drinking it until mid-March. So it's been piling up and I've been benefiting. Well, and again, like your, your moistuaries or. Yes. Or dry waries, yeah, damp. It's really just, that's all it's been. And I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on this today. These ones are for the show. They're not, you know. Right. This it is has it. to be done. And so I'm only drinking pints on, well. <laughs> I, I said that, but we went out for dinner earlier this week with a bunch of people and I ended up having a couple pints there. Can I have a Pepsi, please? Yeah. Where's the Royal Crown Cola? Can I have some of that RC Cola, please? Is that what RC stands for? You bet it does, baby. Weird. Rob Christie? I had no idea. The Royal Crown? Yep. Oh, f- oh cut. Again. <laughs> no. No. I think I managed to keep it on my hand. My hoodie. It's on my hoodie now. Spilly talker. Yeah. <laughs> Fuckhead. Uh, so today's beer, Matt, mm-hmm. is, um, have you, have you had a crack at it no, yet? No, I'm, I'm just pouring it. As we oh, sit God bless you. See, you can't train. You can't train it. <laughs> Anyways, today, to you, today is a porter. Yeah. So this is from McLean's out of Hanover, which I still don't know exactly where Hanover is. Well, it's in Germany, sir. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming it's somewhere close to Kitchener. That's my best guess. Good point, yeah. (laughs) Um, So this is from, so it's 5.4, a little porter action, right? And again, I always sort of stout, porter, porter, stout, right? So 
the main difference, right, I think really comes down to the the roasted sort of malted barley versus not. Roasted. And so your porter ends up with a little bit more chocolate notes than your coffee roasty stout kind of. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a pull of this and tell you what I think, but um, I won't bother asking you what you brought today, so. <laughs> no, since it's uh, largely the same or exactly the same. Okay. See, I find that to be a lovely, a lovely sip. And and to me, I do get, you absolutely do get the difference between the coffee and the chocolate, right? No, I agree. I, I think I haven't tried this one yet. I'm about to take my first pull on it, but that is usually the, the difference between the coffee and the porter, right? But I've never turned one down over the other, right? Like if it's, if it's a, it's rocking a nice dark color. Uh, actually last week it was a white stout. Right? It was so, a white stout. So color even. This is it, folks. Don't, don't judge people by their color. Don't judge things by the... We're inclusive. Yeah. We're inclusive. White stouts, dark stouts. We're all about it, man. Wrap your arms around it. Give it a big hug and a kiss. So to me though, what's, what's left in my mind is... That's nice. (laughs) Oh, this could be anything. What's left in there? (laughs) I've emptied over the last thousand episodes. (laughs) I've emptied it completely. Not even, Matt. (laughs) The depths, the depths are, oh, it's deep. Um, if somebody said to me, Hey, I have a porter or I have a stout, I think I'm leaning towards the stout yep. every time. Okay. Right. That is, that's it. Uh, what's at the, in, you know, deep in the recesses mm-hmm. sort of in my lizard brain <laughs> is, yeah, I, 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 for some reason feel like I prefer the roasty coffee to the sort of more malted barley sweeter chocolate. Now it's not sweet. I would certainly no, not say No, this one sweet, I wouldn't give that, yeah. But it does have that sort of dark chocolate feel to it. Mm-hmm. That sort of bitter chocolate note. So anyways, McLean's 5.4. All right. Speaking of which, in about a week, we haven't nailed down the exact day. It's going to come out for you people. Steve McLean, former oh. OHL fanboy. Yeah. Uh, he's been touring around, doing his thing, seeing games all over the place. And uh, next weekend, he's in Gatineau. Gatineau. He's going to swing by the studio and, and we'll throw something together there and we'll drop that, you know, somewhere later on in the following week. But uh, it'll be good to catch up with him. We haven't spoken to him in a little while, so keep an eye out for that. Meanwhile, this week, we're pretty sure, we're going to be honest with you people here. We're pretty sure that Ian Mendez is going to be here. We've been talking about that a little and uh, he was scheduled to come into the studio on Monday afternoon. And Pierre Dorian and the Sens, they actually did some things which created some work for Ian. So um, we're now likely looking at having him in on Tuesday. That is in pencil. So stay tuned to our social media feeds. We'll let you know. Ian's going to drop by, but we can't say for sure uh, what day that's going to drop. But uh, all kinds of good stuff. We'll get to what the Senators did. In just a little while, I don't think we have to, to lead off on that. Uh, we're on social media at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Were you, I guess we have to, to be specific. Deadline day was a dud. Super dud. The biggest trade of the day turns out to be Got John Klingberg for a fourth, 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 fourth round pick to Minnesota. 
I remember John Klingberg at one time being a pretty valuable defenseman. For sure. Uh, but Dallas decided even before his last year there, no, like we're not doing the long-term thing with you. We can already see the warning signs. So he signs with Anaheim in uh, over the summer thinking, you know what? I'll get paid by Anaheim for a year. They'll flip me at the deadline to a contender. And in exchange, Anaheim will get likely at the time, I'm sure most of us assume, probably a first-round pick if he could regain any semblance of his, his game there. Uh, and it only got far, far worse. So, uh, yeah, he goes to Minnesota for a fourth-round pick. That might be a home where, like, they're a good enough defensive team to kind of shelter him and what he does. He can kind of run a power play maybe, but I, I don't know how much you have on on Klingberg to, no, but- to Minnesota. But, like, that would be the only... And I don't know how much we we view Minnesota as a contender. They're certainly in a playoff spot. I don't really see them as a team taking a long run. But out of all those teams that were active bringing in pieces, that might be the place where you can bring him in, kind of shelter him low, and and just let him do what he can still manage without putting too much responsibility on him. Well, it's as you suggested. He, I think, leaving Dallas was like, all right. I'll take my business to the open market yes. and I will just try and fight off all the suitors with a stick. And then you're like, hey. Nobody loves me. Where is everybody? Yeah. Well, I, I remember somebody saying, yeah, maybe Klingberg would be good in Ottawa. And Klingberg's like, Psh, I'm not going to Ottawa. And you're like, yeah, all right, okay, we suck. I get it. And so then he's like, but Probably wait. Probably come now. But wait, where, <laughs> where, where's the, where, yeah. I guess I'll take one year in Anaheim who was going to be shit. Yeah, that's a guy who's who just thought he was going to have. Yeah, he's clearly misread the market. For, well, and his agent. I think it was one of those yeah. things where he's like, his, he told his agent, no, no, I'm not taking that. Because I think Dallas had given him sort of a three or four year offer. Yeah, they just weren't willing to go eight, which is what he wanted. Like eight times eight. And everyone's like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, and so like, I think he told his agent, he's like, that's insulting. Forget it. Take it to the streets. And then you're like, oh. And then as you suggest, yeah, okay, I'll show up. I'll put up big numbers. I'll have a I'll have a good season with a young team in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. No, not the deal. Somehow got less valuable over the course of the yeah. Uh, the well, season. there was a time when you looked at 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 you know the Swedish potential Swedish Olympic team right yeah. and their defense the defense core and you're like he was going to be in there of course with Ekman Larson and probably Hedman Ekholm and Hedman <laughs> yeah but I'm just saying in terms of yeah they were going to be deep right oh that Carlson guy too he was going to be Remember in there that guy? too yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just one of those things where he's, he's just, his stock has sort of gone wham. Yeah. Uh, Eric Carlson, one of those guys who didn't end up moving, probably shouldn't be surprised by that, but there was some hype over the last few weeks that there was a couple teams interested. The name you heard most often was Edmonton. Uh, Friedman and Chris Johnson have both reported that Toronto checked in on it. That's crazy. I don't understand that either. Like how that was going to work. Um, that would have, I would have just doffed the cap to Dubas there. Sure. If you could have made that work, like, I don't, I don't have any. Yeah, but only if you can make it disappear again in the summer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like just you're like, wow, them or Vegas. You're like, yeah. ah, sure. Of course that's what's going to happen. Klingberg or Klingberg Carlson said last Monday or Tuesday, he goes, uh, San Jose GM, Mike Greer hasn't come to me with anything yet at this point, asking me to consider waiving my no trade clause. So I like, he was very, um, Almost indignant about it. He's like, so it'd be weird if he did now. Like almost telling him, hey, like in three days, I'm not going to mull this over and change my mind. So 
that doesn't happen. Like I said, Edmonton was the team that m- you kept hearing most often. They end up going out, though, and getting Matthias Ekholm. What do you think of that? I liked it. Yeah. But just, just to finish the Carlson thing. Sure. Are you surprised that Greer wouldn't have been more proactive at the, the time when there's still four years left on his deal after this? And you're like, man, if I got to eat 50% of this just to get rid of him? Yeah, like literally for nothing. If someone will just take the contract, right, or, or 50% of it, you're still miles ahead, I well, would have thought. And, and if you couldn't, if you couldn't do it now, I just can't imagine no. that there's going to be a better opportunity. No, this is it. Like, he's not going to be this again, I wouldn't think, for, like, he's on pace for like 100 points. Yeah. Well, so, he's never been this before. Right. And so that would make you nervous, whether you're Edmonton or Toronto or whoever was calling about him. Like, I certainly understand understand why you want this Eric Carlson. Anyone would love to have this Eric Carlson, but it's a hell of a gamble to assume this Eric Carlson is sticking around for another four years after the last couple that he's had. Right. But if you could get him at, you know, if, if San Jose would keep 25, 40%, whatever it is, then maybe you could, you could get behind going, yeah, I, I would pay 7.5 for Carlson somewhat diminished over the next couple of years. Yeah, right. Yeah. But to go, Nah, I'm going to keep full freight and we're just going to have a run at this and see where it goes. It is weird, man. That, especially when that team is is absolutely going to go, well, if it's not already there, right to the bottom. And, and oh, he's, yeah. And he's already said, and we've talked about it many times in this pro, on this podcast, that I'm not going to rebuild. I didn't come here for a rebuild. Guess if what, I wanted buddy? that, I would have stayed in Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa's coming out of their rebuild suck and it. Suck it, buddy. you are sticking around. Maybe, I, I know I, I tried to get us to Edmonton there. Vancouver, though kind of similar. I railed on the podcast last week on what they did and and that was just the Philipronic trade where they gave away the first round pick that the Islanders gave them. The Islanders are far from locked into a playoff spot. Yeah. And they brought in Hironic, who's a perfectly serviceable player. I think on a good team, probably second pair guy. Right. But good five on five numbers though. You gave away a first round pick and brought in someone who is going to actively help you damage your own first round pick when a phenom from your province city is available right now. Like I don't know what Vancouver is doing and they don't either clearly like everyone can see that's a team that needs to rebuild except them. And so the reason I bring it up is apparently this week, Pittsburgh approached them and said, any way we could talk about JT Miller? What? And you, just like San Jose with Carlson, should have fallen all over yeah. yourself to go, what's it going to take? Like, yes, absolutely. Don't, future considerations, if you just want to take this guy, right? You're leaning back and you're yelling, moving companies, get right. somebody <laughs> right. on this. Sorry, what, what were we talking about? Yes. Right. And- and yet Vancouver says to Pittsburgh, we don't hate this trade. We would do it, but we're looking for a center instead of draft picks. You're like, no, you're yeah. not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh my, why are you still trying to, like yeah. I said, if anyone was willing to just take him for nothing, you do that. But let alone someone is offering you draft picks and you're like, ah, we need a center so we can keep competing. Competing for what? I'm not sure. I guess just to beat the Leafs once every year. <laughs> um, awesome. We'll it, talk more about we, that later. We probably will get into that a little later on. But JT Miller, another one of those guys who hasn't even started yeah. 
terrible, new contract. Terrible. It's a no-move clause starting July 1st. He will have control. The fact that you didn't just say to Pittsburgh, just take him, is beyond ridiculous. Yeah. Terrible week for the Canucks. Well, and, and people talk about, I can't rebuild, I won't rebuild, I won't. Like, there is nothing that is more death to your fan base and your brand than treading between seven and ten in your in your conference. Right? Like, you're just... We're not met. in it. You're We're not, not bottoming out. We're not getting high draft picks. We keep trading our picks away, Corey, frankly. We got enough. Uh, got to well, bring in an Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, love that. <laughs> love that. See, and again, those sorts of things smack of, I want to get to the f- salary floor. Not, not I want to compete. This is it. They, the Vancouver Canucks, as we sit here right now, have more salary committed to the 2023-2024 roster than any team in the league. If that's where you're at, you better be contending. Like, that's where Boston should be. That's where Toronto should be. That's where... Habs. We we have a lot of expensive players, and we're going for it. And so, yeah, our cap is completely fucked. When you are sixth from the bottom, you cannot be maxed out on the cap. And giving up JT Miller would have eased some of that pressure. Yeah, see, I had not heard that. And so, yeah, I don't know why... It's one of those things where you have a center. We're we're in it. Everybody's like, everybody's like, yeah, well, if you need this, if, uh, yeah, it's so weird, man. It's so weird that, yeah, you've been pissing and moaning. Everyone, everyone's sort of been going, that's a bad deal. Yeah. That is now a bad deal. And if it wasn't a bad suspect deal at the beginning, this this year under the Boudreaux (laughs) fiasco has, has sort of unfolded and you're like. Oh, wait, but now we have that guy till he's 38 or 39, whatever it is. Yeah. Just, if we could have a mulligan on that. (laughs) And they could have, and then they turned it down. Well, and so, yeah. So clearly you have old man Rutherford out there who's saying, they didn't bring me in here to retool or rebuild. (laughs) We're here to do it now. I'm going to work some of my magic. Yeah. Well, you're working it. I don't, yeah, you're working your magic. It's more dark voodoo than anything else. You see, uh, after the fact, I know it's been making its way around on social media. I think it was on SportsCenter. Did you see, you mentioned Bruce Boudreaux there, the pep talk he gave the TSN uh, panel. No, I didn't see any of the any of the stuff at all. So on trade deadline day, obviously, they had some time to fill. And uh, as they always do, they, they run some skits and stuff they pre-recorded. So they reenacted, remember that very first HBO 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic, Bruce Boudreaux is just cursing up a storm against is, is everybody. Is he wearing a, a red turtleneck tucked into a pair of red warm-up pants and his boiler just hanging out? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. It's a good look, man. I'm pretty sure it is. But I, isn't that epic rant? That wasn't at the actual Winter Classic. I think that was in the locker room at a, one of the games, games leading on, up to uh, it. Leading yeah, up to so, it, yeah. So anyway, they reenact that, and it's it's James Duthie, it's Mike Johnson, uh, yeah, Mike Johnson, Chris Johnston, um, Cheryl Pounder, like sitting around the studio and, and he's standing there and he's like, damn it, CJ, break some goddamn trades. And they're beeping out all these, whatever. James Duffy, you call that hosting? That's fucking terrible. <laughs> like just going up and down, clearly trying to, yeah. to reenact. It was great, man. We'll, uh, we'll put the link in it. And they had some fun. Bruce Boudreaux was genuinely entertaining. They had so much time to fill because so many trades had had happened before and they were asking him to tell stories about different guys or you know, the, his, uh, his role in slap shot or, uh, yeah, of course. Or so, um, he was pretty entertaining. Why don't we get to Edmonton back well, to the fact just that before you do, and we'll finish this. I know we just, that's how we, 
is, Sorry, Edmonton, we'll get to you. <laughs> yeah, is, is because there was like 42 trades happened prior to trade deadline day. Yeah, in the two weeks leading up, 43 trades, which was a record. You had to know. <laughs> it used that, to be 20. <laughs> yeah, you had to know that there was going to be, I would have watched had I not been working. I would have watched just to see them sort of break down winners and losers. Well, they broke down. A little flow chart of <laughs> yes. this, these guys have gone here because there's so much shit had happened. Yeah. So many, so many players moved and, and it would have been, you would have had enough time to break down winners. Oh, and they and did, right? Yeah. They would go through team by team for a half hour each. And then, yeah, there was all kinds of, I was reading, um, this is a while back now, James Duthie's book, uh, the guy on the left and it's his stories <laughs> from hosting panel and, and whatever. He has a chapter on working trade center. He says, he remembers one of the very first years, it's about 8.45 in the morning and Wade Belak has been traded. Nice. So they bring Wade Belak on the phone and then another trade happens. So they tell Wade Belak, <laughs> can you hold for a second? We'll come back to you. And then another trade happens and another trade happens and they shift off to another story or, or whatever. And that's just sort of the end of it. He goes, at about 3.30 in the afternoon, he said, I got a text from Mark Crawford. said, is Wade Belak still on hold? <laughs> <laughs> Just never heard from him again that we let him go, never came back to him, whatever. So, which makes me think of, of those, those great stories of Ron Tugnut finding out he was getting traded from Ottawa to Pittsburgh. He's having a shit. Yeah. He was sitting in the toilet. In the hotel and he's got trade center on and they're like, and moving from Ottawa to Pittsburgh, Ron Tugnut. And he's like, what? Hey, I know that guy. That's me. Where's the TP? I better call my agent. Honest to God, man. (laughs) Um. Duthie said the same thing. Hold on. You don't (laughs) rush me back to Edmonton now. In Duthie's same chapter there, he's talking about a guy, I think he said his name was Alex Sauvé. And, um. Is it a goalie? No, that's Philip Sauvé, I I believe. Or Bob. And, uh, he said, Alex Sauvé has been traded. It's like the first one of the day. It's like an AHL contract or whatever. He's like, I'm racking my brain trying to think of questions for Alex Sauvé because my producer tells me we have him on the line. He's like, Alex, you know. How do you, and this is now just his stream of conscious in the book. He's like, you know, how do you feel about the trade? What do you think about the new organization? Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, where, where do you play now? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Where are you from? Probably Edmonton. Yeah, probably not, but. They bring in Matthias Ekholm. To me, the most interesting part of that, and it, it, it didn't come to fruition until a little bit later, was Nashville held on to 4%. Of Ekholm's super contract. Odd, super odd. And so you'd, you'd sort of be like, I kind of would get it. Even if it was 5% or 10 per, like a round number, yeah. you'd be like, all right, well, that's just something they negotiated. At 4%, you're like, something's happening here. And it wasn't because his contract was going to fit because they sent back Tyson Berry. So that wasn't the issue. And the next day they go out and they bring in uh, my boy, Nick Bukestad. Yep. Saw him last night. And what was left on his contract was exactly what 4% of Matthias Ekholm's oh. contract. So <laughs> they knew ahead of time, this is what we're looking to do. Okay. And we need you to keep 4% of his contract so that we can make this fit. I liked Ekholm, like you said there. I like that for Edmonton. Um, it's not quite the same high-flying you know, thing that Carlson would have created where you'd have just been like, we have the best power play of all time and we just added Eric Carlson to it. But I think this is more... What they needed, it's a little more steady. It's a little more two-way. He is one of the very best in the league, according to his underlying numbers, of like 
stopping the cycle before it starts, like getting back, retrieving a dump in and getting it back up and out. And when you have as many high powered offensive weapons as Edmonton does, that is so valuable. Do not let those guys get hemmed in their own end, get it up and out and let them go do their thing. I think this is a great pickup for Edmonton. Well, and that being said, the first Saturday night with them, they lose 7-5 in a late 80s throwback to the, yeah. to the Jets. But on their first night with them, they kicked the shit out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. So, so that's what the weakest division in hockey is doing. Yeah. yeah. Taking the Leafs for a spin. Back hey, the, we scraped by Calgary. Back to the room where you do <laughs> the thing that you don't talk about or whatever the deal is. In a room where you do what you don't confess. Yes, exactly. Um, I also like it. Yep. I like it a lot. Uh, to me, it's one of those things where you go, would I prefer for this year if you did it without losing Barry? Just in, just in terms of, again, that's another one of those contract uh, guys you went, wow, there's lots of warts on that. <laughs> but when but when you are talking about uh, all-time power play, like yeah. I, I get it, right? But he is he was the quarterback on- No, uh, Connor is the- quarterback on that. Everything uh, runs through him. All right. But I'm just saying. I, I am with you though. It's a, it's a bold move to take a piece off of that power play, but yeah, it's, I don't okay. think he's the guy that's yeah. making well, it Well, when run. you look at, when you look at power play points and in, in the league and the yep. top three are all Oilers yep. and none of them are Tyson Berry. Right. I get uh, it, but <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where you go, the one thing we do really well, I'm going to detract from that, but I, I do like Mata- Ekholm, I think he is, he is exactly what they need and, and we'll see how it goes. Sure. But that is, that is the thing. And, and to hear, you know, him say, yeah, I know we're happy to go and my wife loves snow. (laughs) Well, then you're going to be very happy. (laughs) Yeah. But that's one of those things to me where as somebody who roots for a team in a non-large market, you know, Canadian market. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you go, dude, dude, does the player want to come here? You Have they been traded? And like, fuck, I'm going to Edmonton or I'm going to Ottawa, whatever it is, right? So to Winnipeg? Hear, they don't yeah, have win, an airport. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> so to go, to hear somebody go, yeah, I like it. And, and we're going to live there all year round. And so that's a small thing that I think that, that a fan base, a Toronto fan base probably never considers, right? Because. Sure. No, it, it matters that a guy wants to come here. I think we talked a little bit about uh, like Niederreiter, right? Or what types of moves Winnipeg could make that have to be, rentals are hard for them because you're probably not going to keep that guy. You got to right. trade for somebody with term yeah. who you can force to stay. Yeah. You have no choice, <laughs> but for him to say, yeah, we're going to stay here all year round. Yes. We want to live. This is going to be our home. And so I think that on many levels works for the Oilers, right? Yep. That this is a guy who is buying in, who who is excited about what the, the talent he gets to play with sure. the opportunity that may come this spring that wasn't going to happen in Nashville. No. And, and, and it's, it's, and brings that, brings that combo of, of, uh, good of an, two way of an good, element yeah. that they don't have. Now he hasn't been, the two way has been more on the defensive side. Yeah. I would suggest since that well, sort of 17, 18. Well, when you look at, at his underlying stats, his defense is great. His breakout is great. And even his his getting in with control is good. But for some reason, it stops there. Like, he doesn't put up points. Now, yeah. he will by default in Edmonton. Yep. It bounced off his shin pad and went to Dreisaitl. Well, or, and if that's all you can do is you break it out and you get it in. Yeah. 
we're good. So it, he won't be quarterbacking the power play. He's not going to put up a ton of goals or whatever there. But they have enough of that. And so, yeah, I, I, I like what he brings. And, and if they can just, like I said, a puck transporter, right? Get it right. out, get it in, and let your guys go to work. I think that's going to work. And I think Bukestad, as a guy right now who can kill penalties for you a little bit, yep. play a fourth line there probably. Um, well, th- and they're going to easy be- gamble, right? Like yeah. that's an easy. And, well, depth I, piece. I like them a lot. Yeah, Ekholm still. I'm talking about here. Oh, okay, but you know they got the Bush bomb there, right? They got they got the Evan Bouchard, yep. right? Who I think they've been talking about. Now it smacks a lot of when when the Leafs decided that they were going to move Riley to the side and use Sandine as the guy. Remember that in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we're. It felt a bit forced. Sure. Just on the flip, right? Just yep. on the on the substitution, like. We're good to go now. Well, if you remember, though, the power play at that point had gone historically bone dry, right? Like yeah. you had to do something, and yeah, no, no, and and so anyway, in, in yeah. terms of Bouchard being the guy there now, in terms of yeah, who's going to step up and take those? I love I love Ekholm, and I think that was one of the one of the one of the sort of with all the noise that went on around Meyer. Mm-hmm. Singular, <laughs> um, you know, Kane and Riley and all, all that stuff that happened, right? The names that did move. I think Ekholm is a, is a sneaky sort of under the radar move. 100%. And he was sort of like what Washington did where Nashville didn't really declare until the last minute. Yeah, fuck it. We're selling, right? We're going to try and recoup some assets here and uh, and let some pieces go. And that was very similar to what happened with Washington. We talked about most of that. But uh, they made a trade with your Toronto Maple Leafs, and I only bring it up as I uh, Rasmus Sandin on Saturday night made his Washington Capitals debut, put up three points, and uh, was on their top pair. Scored eight goals, I think. Yes, the Washington did. Yes. Um, Sorry, not Sandin. No, exactly. I think I'd heard about that. (laughs) That'd be quite a night. Eight goals, three points doesn't fit. No, but uh, he's playing on the top pair there, which means. Maybe Toronto should go get him. We could use a top pair. Uh, <laughs> now that we flipped him out, it's like, don't, you know, I can't eat six slices of pizza. Can you just cut it in half? <laughs> That's a, that was the Saturday night for the Leafs. Austin Matthews gets hurt, comes back when he clearly shouldn't have, hurts one of his teammates doing so, shooting a puck off his hand. Uh, and so we assume Ryan O'Reilly is going to be out for a bit, although they're not talking. Um and meanwhile, yeah. Uh, oh, $48 million power play gives up two shorthanded goals against yeah, that to blow the time. game up. Every time. That and hurts. meanwhile, yeah, Sandine's over in Washington putting up three points. But yeah, for, for Washington, very similar to Nashville. And just it kind of came in the last two weeks like, yeah, we're out of it and, and start selling whatever's not nailed down. And um, I, I will be interested. Nashville, I don't really care about. And okay. I, it sort of seems like. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. They seem like with Johansson and Duchesne and it just seems like it's sort of moving towards a bit of a, like they need to get rid of some pieces yep. too, right? They need to go not retool. Whereas I'll be super interested to see what happens with Washington and St. Louis. Yeah. We talked a week or two ago that Nashville had said, uh, Soro, UC Soros, Yossi, Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. Forsberg. Anything else is up for grabs. And so, yeah, it might be time to to do a little more. But you're right, like St. Louis, by all accounts, was in on Timo Meyer after they cleared 
all right. kinds of space. Like they were ready to do something. Washington has been very clear that we're not going to rebuild. We're clearly out of it this year. We'll sell off what we have to and kind of retool. They want to keep doing their thing for Ovechkin while he chases down Gretzky's record. So those two teams and St. Louis, I think we talked about a week or two ago. Yeah. Anyway, being one of those markets that says we can't rebuild, like we have to retool and keep pushing. So that was before Craig Berube took a strip off the, the two air quotes yeah. stars left Thomas in and terms Kyrou, of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys are slack asses, half hearted, half milers. Maybe they don't want to compete. And you're like, mm. yeah, Robert Thomas basically went on the radio next week and told him to go fuck himself in, in a far more polite, uh, yeah, well I do it on the radio too. I'd do it far away from Craig Berube <laughs> if I, if I was going to say that time too. to cool off. Cause yeah. I may take on Rob Ray, but I'm not taking on Craig Berube. No. I think that's fair. Uh, one of the other interesting things coming out of the deadline was Florida still in the mix for the wild card. Yes, they are. After last year, kind of running away with the president's trophy, they're now down. And so they weren't able to do much because of what they traded away last year. So they stayed pretty quiet. Columbus is in like last place and Calgary basically had the nail in their season driven in last Saturday or, you know, on Saturday night. Yep. Everybody kind of involved in that shuffle has suffered this year, right? Where uh, Johnny Goudreau leaves Calgary for Columbus. Columbus thought they were going to be at least in it, right? They yep. they did not expect to be last place. Matthew Kachuk goes to Florida. That hasn't worked out, although he's been okay. He's but, been very good. Yeah, the team hasn't been. And in Calgary, it hasn't clicked at all either with Huberto and uh, Kadri and Uyghur coming in. Like, I think they expected Markstrom to be... Has been- Brutal. Bad. Brutal. Um, and so everybody kind of in that little triangle kind of came out of the off season looking like interesting, right? Like nice little moves there. We'll see what that looks like. And all of them have underwhelmed this year. It's kind of just odd to see that it didn't work for anybody yet. Well, and I was looking at the, at the Western conference standings on Saturday night. So just as the the wild and the flames were sort of dropping the puck. I was looking at it and, and the flames were two points out, four points out with, and they'd already played two games more yes. than, than whoever they were chasing, which is. And didn't bring in anything of note. No. And you're like, man, that is, you are now, yeah, you're touch and go. Yeah. Not even touch and go. No, Sorry, they're, you, you are, you are probably hurting. out of it. Well, so actually, as we sit here now, Calgary has 67 points. Colorado is in eighth with 73. So like the West is, is decided. There's some like Winnipeg's fallen hard Seattle, who we talked about a couple months ago. Like, are they in? Like they, at this point, they got to be locked in. They've struggled. Edmonton's been up and down. It's the eight teams are, are, are set. Like, yeah. If there's six points and I believe the avalanche have two games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's it's not done. happening. It's done. You are done. Yeah. And it's oh. funny to think that last year the West was exciting and the East was home and cooled. And now this year, yeah, we're, uh, we seem to have developed a bit of a race in the East around the, uh, the wild card. Well, not even the wild card. It's to me, the fascinating part of, of trade deadline with everything. Like it was like Western conference. Are you aware? Hello. Are you aware something's happening here? Yeah. Trade deadline. <laughs> no. No. And in fact, Edmonton may have done the biggest thing, right? Virtually everything else. No, Vancouver did some big, stupid things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big, stupid. <laughs> hey, big, stupid. Um, but yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is, is it's just, 
Yeah, Vegas had all that cap space with Mark Stone going on LTIR. They didn't really do much with Very it. Very surprised by that. Yeah. Um, Calgary, I guess, decided it just wasn't the year to build. But yeah, to me, as we kind of circle back to the point, I just that kind of three-way dance between Florida, Columbus, and Calgary hasn't yielded positive results for anybody. All of them are worse off this year than they were last year. Well, I and, wouldn't have seen that coming. And and I would have thought, you know, I, I, I said Markstrom has been brutal, but you look at Saturday night, they got stonewalled by Philip Gustafson. He have the 933 save percentage. For sure, man. <laughs> uh, and like a 198 goals against. Yeah. Hot Pierre Summer did have one hot deuce in the middle of it. Yeah, but I was okay with it at the time. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I thought that was that was an okay addition. I, I didn't. Anyways, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Right? Uh, they, sure. They play a fine, fine system out there in Minnesota. They sure do. Right? Talbot was an All Star last year playing for Minnesota, and they believed in him so much that they traded for yep. Mark Andre Fleury. Yep. But all I'm suggesting <laughs> is. Yeah, I I didn't see this for Gustafson here, but you know what? There was a lot of things I didn't see Goalies here. Are voodoo. Yeah, and so, but they got shut out. Yep. So it wasn't even like Markstrom could have allowed one goal. Yeah. And still not one, right? So it's, it's I clearly. Well, same with that Leaf game, 2-1, right? Like I get that Markstrom has been bad, but he only gave up two to that high-powered Leaf offense and it, Sorry, man, you lose. <laughs> right. And so Huberto, which is another guy who, Huberto. who is, is either he has not started his eight year or he's. Nope, first, he hasn't yet. Okay. So there's another guy with eight years. Yep. And you're like, oh, Mulligan. Uh, and like, sometimes they talk about it taking some time to fit in. I don't know. Like, there's no way Daryl Sutter and Jonathan Huberto were ever going to get along particularly well. Yeah, but neither were Johnny Goudreau and, and Daryl no, Sutter. No, that's right. And that happened. But it's just, yeah, odd to see that uh, that this blew up in the faces of all three teams involved in that little love triangle. Well, uh, and I loved I loved what True Living did to sort of pull the rabbit out of, out of the hat, yeah. right? You're like, oh, you're fucked. Oh, look at that guy. Yeah. That you managed to do something, but to me, I, I'm not sure Huberto could have been a worse fit as a as a pass first guy. Yeah. I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get to Ottawa. We're going to do that. Anybody else before that uh, that stood out to you in terms of winners, losers? I think the team that won trade deadline, I, I know you were just waiting to ask. Hmm. It's very clearly the Dallas Stars. <laughs> The the addition the, the addition of Domi and Dodonov yeah like I'm not sure how a team that's leading its division and adds those two studs well, you, I, well, yeah you have not just doubled down and went yeah man cup cup to Texas it was weird baby. they were another disappointing team where you wondered what the hell are you doing what um, are you doing we talked last weekend about what Boston did bringing in Garnet Hathaway and Bobby Orlov and all of a sudden they go out on Thursday morning and bring in Tyler Bertuzzi. And you're like, he's oh my God. He's a greasy weasel, that guy. And then you see, okay, Taylor Hall has gone on LTIR and Nick Felino also on IR, although it, it did not have the LT. Uh, so his obviously a little less serious. I don't know exactly what's up with Taylor Hall, how long they're expecting him to be out. I assume by game one, and me too. everybody will be healthy and ready to go. Yes. And now all of a sudden you have that killer top six that Boston already had. Now you've added 
Tyler Bertuzzi probably to play with Coyle and Hall as a third line that's just going to... Hey, now. ...can score on you, but also is going to fuck you up for six or seven games. Well, probably four or five games. Well, Bertuzzi's uh, got two broken hands this year, so... I I assume he finds it in, in Boston. That's just how that works. Yeah. Well, Boston, to me, is the, the winner. Yeah. Barna. Toronto would be top so you're not two buy, or three. So you're not buying my Dallas... No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. All right. Uh, not buying any stars. What a hater. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, yeah. I like what Toronto did. Do you, do you think- I like what Edmonton did, but I think Boston not only added big pieces, but added pieces that fit. These are Bruin type players. When you are the best team, whether that's on paper or in the standings. Or both. <laughs> yeah. And you got better. Yeah. You win, baby. That's how it goes. It's true, man. Do you, do you worry... As a Leaf oh, fan, I worry about a lot of things as a Leaf fan. That the Leafs did too much. Like I know they didn't touch the core. You still have all the pieces there, but man, they made like a, a quarter of their lineup t- turned over. Like I guess it's possible that it creates issues. Um, but like I said, if if Ryan O'Reilly has a broken hand, then we're sort of back to square one on that. It would be a very Leaf thing to have happen. I'm not worried yet. All these guys joined you out on the road. Yep. You haven't got time to figure anything out yet. And you, you, the last two games they played 7D and 11 forwards, which I have never liked. That's the Guy Boucher. And it doesn't work on either side, right? Like, as you're trying to work all these people in, both at forward and on D, like, yeah, okay, now you're on this pair, and now you're on this pair. And yeah, yeah I think you got to get home. They're playing Tuesday night in Jersey, which is... It's a weird fucking road trip uh, out to Seattle. And then instead of going to Vancouver, up to Edmonton, back to Calgary, out to Vancouver, out to New Jersey, and then home. They're leaving Luke Shen in BC. His wife is expecting right now and is due to pop apparently just about any day. Hmm. So he's staying there with one of the Leafs performance coaches. They've rented ice for him out there. For the and, wife? Yeah. No. Probably not. That's a nice touch, man. Yeah. We're bringing in, look at the well-rounded high performance coach. Leafs take care of everything, man. (laughs) Man, oh man. So he's going to stay for the week. So I assume in New Jersey, they'll run a more traditional 12 and six, and then they're off until Saturday. And you got to take those three days to, what are we actually trying to do? When we made these moves, who were we pairing with who, right? And what is this actually going to look like? I do think it's possible that you t- uh, you dabbled a little too much, but I'm not willing to say that based on the last two performances where everything looked kind of just a little jumpy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I am not I am not taking this three game segment sort of Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Yeah, I, I'm not looking at it from that. I am trying to sort of widen the scope and look at it big picture. Right. I just wonder if there's just it could be a little too much because. In a vacuum, I, I like the additions, right? Yeah. I like the McCabe. I like the Shen. I really like the Riley. Right? We talked about that when it happened here. Yeah. That is a that is a great addition to either depth or or to adding, you know, spreading out that top six. Do whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, when you start mixing and matching the chemistry of a change room that much, not even just the on-ice performance, right? It's just, it's a lot. And, well, I, and I wonder. When they went out on Tuesday and they made three deals in like 40 minutes and they brought in Gustafsson, who was clearly 
like Sandine was blocked now, right? Like you have Giordano, you have McCabe and you have Riley all on the left side. Sandine's in a tough spot there and he's not going to do the things that are his strength. Like Riley's your power play guy. Sandine has not yet shown himself to be like a PK kind of guy. So what is the job that we have for you as you start to move forward? So I think unlike with Travis Dermott, where you held on too long, waiting to see if he was going to become a top four guy, they looked now and went, okay, you know, we've sort of blocked you out here, so we're going to trade you. Right. And you bring back Gustafson, who has actually got like 35 points or something this year. Like, I I like that guy. Yeah. It can run a power play. He's here to be like Sandine, but a veteran who can kind of sit as a yep. up in the box. And if Riley were to get hurt or somebody that has to run a power play, you now have that in your back pocket. So I didn't mind that, but then you go out and you bring in Shen and you still have Hall and Lilligren and Brody and McCabe. And you got nine healthy defense right now. Yep. That's going to be hard to balance down the stretch here and keep everybody happy. Keep like I, I said on a, I did a pod there earlier in the week on what the Leafs had done. You were kind of giddy, am I right? Was there was there joy in no. Matt's, in Matt's you, life? You should listen to you should listen to me, man. I, I oh, do, I, I do I, good stuff. I'm getting word 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 comes back to me. Okay, uh, I said I don't know if Shen's going to play. I think Shen's kind of a six seven guy. Like everybody talks about all that great experience and and the Tampa thing. He played seventeen out of forty eight playoff games over those two Stanley Cup runs. He was yeah. not a key. I know, but it's contributor. As soon as you heard everybody saying, "Yeah, the Leafs yeah, are good," yeah, yeah. but do they have that? They need somebody to clear the front of the net. They need somebody to box out. They need all these things. And then as soon as Shen, Shen is definitely a six sort of guy on your on that yeah. on that blue. But I I assumed right away that he was gonna he was gonna help address some of that need. Maybe, and and we'll see, right? Like, but as you start to map it out. They look like they want to do McCabe Brody as the shutdown pair, which makes good sense to me. I like that. And then Giordano Hall probably stay together or Giordano Liljegren. And then you're left with Riley and Shen. Like, well, but that, <laughs> that's know. a problem, right? I, I like, know. I this like, is I like all, pause. Th- this uh, is Labushkin again. Labushkin can't play top pair minutes. Riley's not great in his own end. So that's, that's the thought process. We'll give him yep. some help, but that, neither Luke Shen nor Ilya Labushkin can be playing 20 minutes with, with Morgan Riley. And it just, it's an odd fit. And I, I'm not convinced that Luke Shen will be in the lineup for game one of you, the playoffs. And do you put any, any credence into the idea that, that it was actually uh, Jake McCabe and, and Luke Shen that actually caused the Leafs to lose by amping up the, amping up the heat in that, <laughs> in that Vancouver Toronto game on Saturday night? <laughs> I watched Tyler Meyer throw the flying shoulder block to John Tavares' head like 40 seconds into the game. And Jake McCabe goes rushing in, starts the fight, and whatever, God love you, gets 17 minutes of penalty and then just sits out the rest of the period. You're like, all right, well, thanks for that. Glad we dressed seven defensemen, I guess. I I don't know, man. The Leaf stuff, we're going to have to play out. We don't have to go too in-depth on it here because I did earlier in the week. It's... I, I said on the show then, they are absolutely different than last year. I don't know that they're better, but they're different. Last year was a franchise record setting in points, right? And they went right down to seven games with Tampa, lost by one goal. Like, 
this will sound silly. How much better could they get? And so they decided different. Yeah, different. Yeah. Yep. And and there might be value to that. We'll see, right? I understand what they're trying to do. I'm not certain they're better. They are different. And maybe that's all they need. And it, and it comes down to probably the same thing we were talking about in March or April last year, which is they'll go as far as their big four take them yep. and their goaltending. Yep. And I don't think that has changed. No. And that has not been touched. It is a different surrounding core. It is guys that'll be a little more nasty. It is, apparently it'll take a few more penalties. Um, <laughs> yes, but, guy. But it is, it is still going to land on those four forwards and they're either going to get it done or, or they're not. The only other thing I'd point out before we move off the Leafs, I did see some complaints on giving up another first round pick for Jake McCabe. And I addressed this on the last one, but I'm going to put it out there again. It's worth remembering that that first round pick didn't just get you Jake McCabe. It got you Jake McCabe for not just this playoff run, but two more yep. and his $4 million cap hit cut in half. Like Jake McCabe yep. at $2 million for two more playoff runs after this year is tremendous value. And the fact that you got that done means, yeah, it's probably okay to give up another first round pick. And I thought that was a nice piece of business. Right. And let's be honest. What, the other thing I think, which was driven home this trade deadline, whether it was in Toronto, whether anywhere was Tampa Bay. Yeah. The value of, of draft picks. Yeah. really seems to have been diminished, right? You had Julian Brisebois say, no, I, we've crunched the numbers. We know what drafting in our position. So whether it's Tampa or Toronto, which yeah. ends up being- Late first round. Late picks. first round. It, it's it's not the same as a top 10, top five no. first round pick. So th- these picks that you're giving up, they are for a team that is is in go mode now. Man- you're the, the, look at the numbers, right? Well, As and you it's all it, titled, right? Like 32 is a first round pick. 33 yeah. is a second round pick. Yeah. And you just go, nah, well, what's the difference really in the no. quality of player you're getting Zero. There? And that's yeah. what I was going to say to you. Yeah. When you look at the, what, what happens out of the top five yeah. and out of the top 15, man, you get to 25. It's a crapshoot. Yep. Like it's absolutely. Not even like anything, like you said, 15 on down, 15 to like 55, they say are pretty interchangeable. Yep. And so who's got a better agent. Yeah. And so don't be afraid to just roll the dice yep. and maybe you get Braden Point in the second round or third round or whatever that Sebastian is. Right? right. So yeah, it, it's, it's time to, and f- yeah, it, it, to just decide uh, the other great line that Breeze Bois used there from Tampa was we have traded maybe and later for definitely and now. And now, yeah. And that's the window they're in with Kucherov and Point and Stamkos who they scratched in the third period on Saturday, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but that is a killer core. You're, it's hard to get all those guys under contract, so you do everything you can. You punt maybe and later for definitely and now. Well, and when you look at Tanner goes for a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and another, and a guy, yeah. and you're like. Hey guy, Cal yeah, Foot. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. I was going to call him Cam Foot. So I'm like, no, I'm just a guy. Stump uh, Foot. Yeah. And then you go, and Kane goes for a second and a fourth. Yeah. And, and I get Janot was younger and, but one's Patrick Kane and one's Tanner Janot. Yeah. Like, I don't care how much more time I have with Tanner Janot. Right. If I can get so it's weird. I just, picks are just flying. Firsts are like going out the door. And so. It's very NBA-ish. Yeah. So uh, figured out 
how this works. I've really, and that to me is what it is, right? Is, is people have figured out how to better massage and, and, and work the nuances of the cap Yep. and going, yeah, my 25th overall pick, it can go because it at best is going to help me in four years. Right. I need the help right now. So yeah, I, I wouldn't sweat it if I was a Leaf fan. For my 27th I got overall pick. other shit to sweat or, worry or, about the pick later. Or top four. Hey, we have a first round pick again. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it's going to be 32, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think it's probably going to get flipped out anyways. We'll see. All right. There's more hockey shit we'll get into here in a, in a second, but uh, oh. <laughs> God damn it over there. <laughs> it's time for more beers. Some of them shaking to shit. Yeah, now you're, over. You're going to have to open yours first now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what did I say, man? Right off the, it's a scene. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you said was shut up, Rob. If you can talk less on this podcast. I mumbled that more than I said. I know, but I heard it. I, I, I know. Shut, shut up, shut up. Stop fucker. Oh, it's an impressive crack, Matt. I hear that a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of it. Does not mean it's impressive. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Take a pull on that. Tell me what you think, because I'm going to need to let mine settle. What you are pulling on there, my friend, is an American Pale from local brewer, Shiloh. Shiloh? Shiloh. Shiloh. Yeah. Shiloh. It's like Willow, but with an SH on the front. So they are uh, out of the east end of Ottawa. It's It's a little tart, I would say. All of their stuff, kosher. Okay. So if you're interested in that, or if that's important to you. Yeah, they are a kosher brewing company out of the east end of Ottawa. So Shalom. Shalom or Shalom? <laughs> uh, you know what, Matt? Uh, the guy's name, I, I believe the guy's name is Shalom, okay. but Shalom, Shalom, uh, yeah. you know. It's tart, like I said. That's what the, like, got a little pucker to it. Well, and it's interesting because when you look at what the difference between an APA and an IPA is, yeah. the IPA is supposed to be more hoppy bitter. Right? That is really the difference. And slightly higher in alcohol. This comes in at, uh, sorry, if I said the porter was 5.4, the porter was 5.6, this is 5.4. Okay. So, yeah, your American Pale is just, it's supposed to be slightly lower in alcohol and, and a little less hop forward. So you're not getting that. You're getting not necessarily bitter, but but tart. Is that what you were? Tart would be the thing that's coming out more than anything else at this point. Oh. I wouldn't I wouldn't really say bitter at all. Okay. Mine, that was, see, it was, wasn't too bad. No, no, he's holding it together over there. Just barely, but. Yeah. See now I, so I was drinking a blonde pre-show. Yeah. And I told you it had that, a bit of a, a bit of a citrus, mm-hmm. but not like a hazy citrus in the way of an IPA, but yeah, I, I'm getting a bit of that same sort of, it's like somewhat astringent or it's like a. Yeah, citrus, but not like up front. No. Hey, that's lime. Hey, that's lemon. Hey, yeah, that- no, there's definitely some juiciness to it, right? Like some sort of fruity. What? But yeah, for some reason, oh, it's it's not up front. It's a palate cleanser, though. Yep, I would go that far. Okay. So, anyways, I think they're over off Saint Laurent, Ogilvy, in that area, Cerville, somewhere over there in the East End. So, shout out Shillo. Shout out to Shillo. There was a uh, couple different pieces floating around. This one that we saw was from the BBC, actually, that said- uh, yeah, You sent me an article, something week. about BBC, and I'm like, well, I don't know what Matt You're going to love it. I don't know what Matt's- 
I don't know what Matt's sending me here. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, okay. This is, um, the article said that Canada has reached an all-time low in alcohol consumption. And I was, I guess I was surprised because we were hearing through the first six to eight months of the pandemic that everyone's baking bread, smoking pot, drinking beer. Consumption of a lot of things was at an all-time high. We're like, okay, we're going to close pharmacies and restaurants and grocery stores. But we cannot close the LCBO. The LCBO will remain open because we need our fix is uh, sort of the take that I had on that. And now I assume part of this, I'm curious to get your take on on what you read into it, but a lot of people coming out of that time period, okay, I got to get my shit together, right? Like this last six months, whether it was just to deal or whether it was because I was at home trying to deal with the family or whatever, I've maybe overdone it a bit. And so I do wonder if people kind of came out of the pandemic a little more focused on their health or just in general thinking I got to drink a little less, but noteworthy to think that we are apparently had an all-time low. Yeah, those are the sloppy-ass people who are now clogging up the gyms and you're only here for a bit. Now we're starting to see them fade. See, you're one of them, man. Eh? <laughs> Hating on people just trying to get their lives together. I'm trying like, to do it. Get out, my way. get out. It's coming another time. Come overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting. And I love the, I love the inclusion of the word, my choice of inebriance. Yes. That was, we have other options now. And I think when it comes down to it, and they quoted the LCBO was one of the numbers that was one of the the agencies that they talked about, which is really just the, the liquor control board of Ontario, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it is really, and they did talk about stats can, but. I'm wondering if it's, if it's official numbers from Brewers Retail, LCBO, if we are looking about, looking at what is, is moving sort of from these bigger stores as opposed to like, I don't know, man. Maybe numbers are down at the LCBO because we're drinking every bit as much, but from local brewers or local wineries or. The rise in uh, going, stopping by. Interesting, yeah. Stopping by a local craft and, and grabbing up your stuff. Yeah. I got a thing from uh, Evergreen the other day. They got a couple of new stouts going there. So who knows, Matt, we may have, that may be next, <laughs> next Saturday, maybe some sta- <laughs> some new stouts from Evergreen, right? We love that. Sure. Um, and so I'm not sure where those numbers come in, yeah. right? In terms of, and you can't discount when it comes to your choice of inebriant, <laughs> the market share that's coming from cannabis and chewables and- Yeah, get a couple of gummies in you and enjoy your night or- that, that that has got to be biting into, hey man, I, I you know- we're There's made- no question that is better for you than sitting back and putting away whatever, eight pints or, you know, a lot of people are mixing. Better for you. You don't you think? You're choosing your, you're choosing the cannabis as, as, as a- Healthier. Well. Oh, I would think so. It, it's funny because clearly it's- And I'm it, not one of those guys, right? Like I never have no, been No, no, for sure. But I would think sitting down having a gummy or two or a brownie or two or whatever instead of A, the liquor, but then whatever you're mixing it with as well and, you know, or your beer. Well, don't you think that Yeah, contributes? yeah, no. It, it, you're putting into your system- A carcinogen. Like, yeah, that is not, it's just- and so I read the article and I went, yeah, okay. It's understood when they say, when 
Health Canada is saying yeah, zero beverage, zero alcohol beverages yeah. a week is what you should be striving for. If you can keep it to two, that's fine. And per, per podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, well, that's, we're already past that. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a pre-show pints. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm like, okay, I, I need something a little more definitive, right? Like what does alcohol do to your system, right? Nothing and, good. Well, and this is it, right? And so I did a quick scroll and then it, what comes up is it's, oh, there's high blood pressure, there's heart disease, there's risk of, and then it said, risk of cancer of the, and then there's just, you know, liver, stomach, mouth, esophagus, rectum. Like it's just, it's it's rolling through all, your digestive system gets fucked up by it. There's just hmm. uh, memory loss. It, it, it helps with the bring on of early onset dementia. Like it's just all, all this shit just sort of. But it's so good. <laughs> And so by next Sunday, instead of the stouts from Evergreen, we'll be switching over to Lloydie's Big Blunt Radio. Yep, it's, it's exactly <laughs> here. Welcome to Big Blunt, the Big Blunt Podcast. Nice, yeah. Big it, Blunt Audio. He called it Big Blunt Radio. I know, but yeah. he's a radio guy. He's very narrow sighted. Yeah, the I like I like the BBA. It's true, man. Big Blunt Audio. I can't email you the BBC, but I'm allowed. <laughs> we we can rename this the BBA. Yeah, I you know what, man? It, what did you ass? think of the fact that on, I guess it's April 1st, we're hiking the taxes on... 6.6% or something. Yeah, it's a, it's a noticeable... Yeah. I I got to be honest with you. Like, it's annoying, but I kind of get it. Like... Oh, it's a, like any syntax. That's it. And like, if we live in a country with publicly funded healthcare, although maybe less and less so... Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Like you're going to have to pay for the fact that you're out there beating the shit out of your system and we're probably going to have to help you out with something here in the future. So right? when does, when does the Wendy's and the KFC? Yeah. Fair, when fair does, question, when does, it, when does it get that? Cause we've cause, seen it in other countries, like even soda, right? Like the, there's, ta- there's taxes on, uh, fatty foods and stuff like uh, trying to encourage you to treat yep. yourself. But I, I don't know when it becomes too much, but I look at them doing this and saying, yeah, we're going to tax this a little higher again. Like they have with cigarettes forever. Smokes. I kind of go, all right, I get it. (laughs) Who's going to end up in a hospital bed? Yeah. What, what is, what are the things like, yeah. When do you start to tax, reduce the tax on your asparagus and your broccoli and you increase the tax on your Doritos Yes. And your Jane's chicken. Oh yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Right. When do when does produce become more affordable? And the shit that's going to end lead you to now. And don't get me wrong, I do love. I got a leaving the studio here last week. Stopped at Farm Boy, the peanut butter filled pretzels. <laughs> Sweet Jesus! I don't worry about the palm oil. It's totally going to be yeah. fine for you. But those are the things, right? Like, like I'm annoyed by it. But I, at the same time, I go, yeah, all right. I understand Fair it. enough, right? But <laughs> like, see, in the early days of you moving here to this lovely, and I was grabbing beers at the at the, the brewer's retail over there. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking in there with every rummy and panhandler <laughs> and whatever else. And the guy's like, I'll take these two bush light. And you're like, two bush light? 
And he's like, can I put pay half in cash and half on my debit card? Can I spread this across a couple credit cards? And you're like, it's a buck ten a piece, buddy. Like, what are you doing? And he comes up a nickel short. I'm like, here's a quarter. Beat it. Beat it. People miss this segment, man. <laughs> you used to walk in every day infuriated by the beer store. And now you've just bypassed it completely. And oh, that's, that, that's the beauty. Of it. That's the one thing I've taken out of the pandemic is, is beer delivery, which still happens. Yeah. And I will not change that. Right. If I can get better beer delivered than stand in line with the sweaty, gross masses, it's, I'm so on that. It can't be more than two and a half blocks from here. I can't tell you the last time I've been in there. It was probably late summer 2020. And only then even because of an emergency or something, right? Yeah. Like I've run out of the good shit. Break glass. Right. Oh, that's already broken. Right. Walked over there and and whatever. And they were still had all their precautions. Like you could have it brought out to the the curb or whatever. How about to my be. condo? Can we do that? You could, could you just walk it right over here? Yeah. I'll phone you. Yeah. I've got a system of pulleys out on my balcony. <laughs> I'll lower down to you. <laughs> like a like a lazy Susan or like one of those dumb waiters, whatever those things are. <laughs> dumb waiters. Yeah. Oh, I know. Lines. Um, yeah. So it, to me, it's interesting just to see that the numbers are down. But you're, you bring up an interesting point that maybe they're not down. They've just been diversified a little For bit. For sure, man. And so uh, we'll, hey, we'll to keep me, an eye on it. I am. I, the, the, the big sessions that I would go on in the past yeah, are, are, are few and far between, right? As you meet My boys with, growing up. Yeah. As you meet with people less though, right? It's yeah, just, of course. And so I don't drink less often. I may drink more often, but I don't drink more. Right. Right. Like I, I think the sessions where I, I sit down and you know, you're out, you're out with a bunch of friends and you're. Sort of, I'm grabbing around, you're grabbing around. And right. it just sort of, you next thing you know, you're like, oh, we're seven in. That sounds like four more rounds probably. <laughs> do, 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 do you need four more rounds? No, you don't. But those sort of have gone as we've sort of, air quotes, emerged out of the pandemic. Right. I don't think people are drinking less. I, I seriously think that you're looking at the market share that's being taken up by, by cannabis and the diversification of where you're getting your alcohol. Yeah. No, it's true, man. Maybe there's some evidence that somebody's been drinking a little less as Pierre Dorian stepped up this week and made another pretty shrewd move, I would say. Uh, talked a little bit about that on episode 1077, just a solo show that got thrown down midweek. One of a couple. Appreciate you guys coming along for the ride on those. This sort of first blush thoughts on on what the Leafs did and what the Sens did and what the Bruins did. Uh, but I knew I knew you'd have an opinion, I would say. On uh, on the fact that the the Sens went out, traded a first, a second, and a second. One of those seconds could, in theory, become a first. Um, Don't discount it, Matt. I'm doing it. I'm <laughs> discounting it. Uh, and bring in Jacob Chikrin, who has been available for about 18 months. The Sens, by all accounts, have kept in touch the whole time, but were pretty patient, never willing to do what the Coyotes wanted to do. By all accounts, most teams weren't prepared to do what the Coyotes initially were trying to do. And I don't know if you just waited long enough and got them to crack. There is some talk that maybe Ottawa's first round pick is obviously more attractive than some of the playoff contenders first round pick. Uh, 
But it's a nice move, and he flies cross-country on Wednesday night to play for the Sens in New York on Thursday, has his home debut on Saturday where he scores a goal. Um, man, that, was a, that was a beauty. Overshadows Travis Hamanick's two-goal night. Um, yeah. Poor guy, probably never doing that again. Uh, it's an interesting move, and I've sort of given my thoughts, and we'll we'll go back and forth here a little bit, but what do you think? Well... Anybody who's who's listened to this, I didn't understand the hot pursuit as as a left shot defenseman, mm-hmm. right? Where you already have Shabbat, you have Sanderson, and to a lesser extent, you have Branstrom further down the shot, mm-hmm. and then you have one of Pierre's untouchables in in terms of prospects, Tyler Clevin, yeah, playing for the University of North Dakota still, who's who's expected to come out at the end of the the NCAA season this year. He's also a left shot defenseman, right? You have now added Chikrin to that. Mm-hmm. So I was not a fan of it. I was not a fan of the pursuit of him. I never understood it. I looked for something a little more of the Ryan Graves or the Marino sort of addition, right? A second pairing, sort of sturdier, take care of business kind of right shot defenseman. So I, I didn't understand the the desire to bring in a more a guy who scored twenty goals as a defenseman, I think he's had a sixty point season. Yeah, to well. bring yeah. in sort of a more, you know, sort of a, a two way, but more of an offensive guy is what I. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be honest with you, I have not followed Jacob Chikrin and the Arizona Coyotes. You're not watching a lot of Yotes games. No, these days. when they come through town or when Ottawa's there or the Leafs are in there, right? And you sort of it, it's it's. <laughs> And, and when they're ha- beating the Leafs. And yeah. Well, this year anyways. <laughs> yeah. But just sort of those sorts of things. And I'm like, nah, that's not, I don't understand what the deal is here, why we are doing this. And so I was out for dinner on, on Wednesday when it happened. And, and so when I was done dinner and we were driving home and I sort of flicked my phone out and you were there and you're like, hey, this has happened. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I knew it was going to be expensive, right? Yeah. All right. All right perceived it to be expensive at the time because they were talking about two firsts, a blue chipper and... Yeah, they at minimum had said either three first round picks or two firsts and like a top, top, top prospect. And and so when you look at an Ottawa having a checkered <laughs> past in terms of pro acquisitions <laughs> yes. and you're like, ah oh, man, this just, this is going to suck and it's going to go badly for us. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I was not happy with it. It, to me, as we talked about a great trade in a vacuum. Yeah. And that was one of the things I mentioned on here myself. If you separate it, what you paid to get him, it's a pretty good deal for Ottawa. I think like in terms of, well, and who knew, but when he gets here and where his fit is on night one made sense to just third pair left side has flown overnight. He's half out on his feet. It's a whirlwind. Don't ask him to play as offside. Just do it until you get home and you can figure things out. That made sense to me. But he's sort of, when you look around, I know DJ and, and Pierre have said that Shabbat could play the right side. I haven't seen anyone no, else that will never, say that. That will never happen. Sanderson has done it, but not as a pro. He's done it in university. So as a rookie, do you want to pile any more of that on his plate? Well, I, I, I think 60 games in. That dude is the best all-round defensive player we have. I agree, but it is one of those things where, like, really, that's the guy you're going to ask to sacrifice? I I, I get it. Or is Chikrin coming in, who, again, has played 
a yep. little bit of right side. But even this year in Arizona, the top pair they were running was him and Shane Gostaspair, both lefties, yep. and Gostaspair played the right side. Yeah. So they would flip off is what they were talking about before. So it's it's the price you paid to do it, I think, was reasonable, but he's not exactly no. what you need. And that is that is exactly what I was saying. Yeah. And, and so, so the opportunity cost is also important to acknowledge here. You can't now, or you can, but it'll be harder and more expensive. If, if tomorrow or whatever, obviously now the trade deadline's passed, if draft day, a reasonable top four right-handed defenseman were to drop into your lap and they said, well, we want your first and your second. And well, we already traded that for a very good player. Yep. But ah, that other thing probably would have been a little better. So it's tough to break here. I think Chikrin on talent, you know, is worth what they paid, but it's going to be interesting to see how this fits now, but it has absolutely energized the fan base again. Well, and what you can't also discount here is the cost it the cost to ship out Zaitsev. That's second and the fourth. Mention that as well. Has to be has first, to, second, 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 fourth. fourth. Yeah. Which has to sort of be equated into this. Now they wanted to get rid of him. 100%. They, they talked about it for two summers now, right? And this allowed them to not have to ask the board and potentially new yeah. ownership for more money. Four point five or whatever it was from Zaitsev gone. Yeah. Four point six. In, in fair enough. And right? so that's a, that's a wash. Th- they would have gladly, I think, flipped the second a year ago to, to get rid of Zaitsev. Yeah. So whether it was Arizona, Chicago, whatever, whoever sure. was going to take that. So that, while not all of it, I think has to be equated in, I certainly look at first, second, second, fourth. Yep. At a minimum, right? Maybe yep. that second you go, yeah, we're going to flip that or first, second, second, second. I don't know. Whatever that looks like. But yeah. to me, that has to be worked. It into, is part of the deal for in, sure. Into the cost. Yeah. Um, the, the, it just, when you look at it and you go, it's, it's a great pick. It's a great, it's not a great pick. It's a great choice. It's a great talent. And you go, but I just, it seems a bit forced in terms of, of what it is, where you want that guy. Um, now to flip it to the other side. And I talked about it with Ekholm and, and his, his desire to go to, to Edmonton and yep. saying, this is a place where I'm going to live and this is a place. Um, yeah, Ottawa, not a desirable location, especially with the shit show. Oh, wait. And it's it's also was interesting to note, just to double back to the to the cost. Um, Andy Scott, who is, Chikrin, who is Chikrin's agent, was, was on. He was happily blowing some smoke here last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you also heard Bill Armstrong talk about, about other teams... We're willing to give two firsts, mm-hmm. um, but none of them were willing to give two firsts and not get rid of money. So to me, yeah. it's a bit ironic that, that, that Ottawa is the team that's going to say, we don't need to send any money out. We'll take your guy and we'll send air quotes less. Right. So, so that to me is one of those things where you're like, really? Well, and it's interesting in that sense, like uh, our pal Graham Nichols said there on the Roman a Day blog, like, are you sort of worried that obviously Dorian so far doesn't fully, and DJ, don't fully believe in Lassie Thompson or JBD. Yeah. And apparently Arizona 
doesn't isn't interested in them either. And would that start to be sending off now? That's a contract, but it's a young guy. It's a cheap contract that maybe either one of those guys, Arizona would have been interested in. And they kind of went, no, I, like we'd rather just have your picks. And I did say on the last one I, that I did that Bill Armstrong standing out there the next day saying, it's a huge win for us to not take back any money. Like, fuck, you're an embarrassment. Like at this yep. point, the Coyotes are a money laundering organization more than they are an NHL franchise. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was just saying, you're the one with the zany owner. No, now. you're right. Yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, but a year ago. We're the ones that don't take anybody unless your bonus has already been paid or you're right. And, and, so, and so to his credit, like for better or worse, like all of Ottawa's young pieces are locked up. Like they're in a good spot here right now. And they still had the cap space to do this without sending out anybody and had frankly the money. And again, that's the Zaitsev thing, but they were able to do this. And that's again, opportunity cost is something we don't talk about yep. enough, right? That, yeah, you don't have these terrible co- like LA would have needed you to take something back and by all accounts that's why that deal fell apart it's they, Jonathan Quick yeah we need you to take <laughs> something and they said no we're not taking back money and but man if you're Arizona that's the gun you have to these people's head is you know like we have room to take your shit contracts and you're y- not using it and that's why this deal I think it's a great deal for Ottawa to get the player I think Arizona's come up wicked light here in terms of what they could have gotten. Yep. And I don't worry so much about, about the JBD and the, and the Lossie Thompson right at this moment. They were late firsts. Yep. And you sort of go, okay. And, and as a defenseman, it's a little bit more of a slow bake. And I don't want to misrepresent Graham. He didn't say these are busts. They're not yeah, going to yeah. work no, out. No, no, I know. But he did just as a throwaway in the end of his piece go, you know, it's, it's noteworthy. I wonder what other so far, we're not in love with them. I wonder if other teams aren't in love with them either. Right. And I just think, I think there's still room for JBD here mm-hmm. in, in the bottom pairing. I, I, we, you and I exchanged a couple of texts a, w- a couple of weeks ago about Travis Ham. They're re-signing Travis Hamannick. I, I would be very surprised at this point <sighs> if they don't bring him back as a 6-7. Uh, I'm telling you yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, okay. And so having expressed my, my, my concerns... About the pick. Yeah, you weren't happy when I texted. I was not. No. And, um. Not gotten swept up in the great Saturday night. You're not, it's not winning you over so far. No, no. And so watching him, and I love the story. I do love the story. And that's where I was going with the Ekholm thing, right? Is, is his father, Jeff Chickering, is, is from here, right? And so, um, the family story is the, the whole Chickering side is still here. And so Jake. as a kid, he attended like a Sens. Well, he's still, he's still, they still have a cottage on White Lake, which is out by Armprior. Yeah. They still, he's still here on the regular. And so. Uh, but like, there's a picture of him as a kid in Sens colors skating at like the Bell Capital yep. Cup or something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. At, at camps and stuff. And yeah. so he, it's, it's a, it's an organ. He's coming from a, a tire fire. Oh yeah. In Arizona. Right. And, and he rolls in and, and I, I watch him go head to head on the Patrick Kane night when the MSG crowd is fired up and yeah. And he was good. Kane comes in and he just sort of skated with him. What I didn't really realize was how big a body he is. Yeah. For as he's not a banger, he's not a, but he's 6'2, 220. Like yep. he's a big guy who can skate and right away has the best point shot now on, on the Ottawa Senators. Well, we saw that Saturday, right? Stepped into one and. Yeah, Merz Lickens would like to have that one back. I know it went, it went, you know, 
ting yeah, and yeah. in, but that's a short side shot. You yep. gotta, you got NHL goalies got to get that. But the place was going upside down on Saturday 100%. night, and and the the chant of we want playoffs. Yeah, love that. Right in a, in a sold out barn that's that's entirely consisting of Senators fans. Yep. It is a great feeling. He wants to be here. He's happy. Uh, he shows up right away, as you say. Hamannick's first and likely only two goal <laughs> night in his career. Uh, for a guy who's had a good career and was a good defenseman. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a great feeling. And I do love the vibe, right? I do love that they are four points out of a playoff spot, which to me, I said to you early in the season, three or four points. That's meaningful games, right? If you're within three or four points. And still with games in hand. Yep. Uh, three on the Islanders. Yeah. Um, the reality of that situation is in the last 20, they have a very tough schedule, right? Mm-hmm. There's two with the Leafs. Yeah, you need to be making hay now. And there's, they are. There's two with Carolina. There's Boston is in there. Colorado is in there. Yes. We have Tampa in there. Mid-month, it gets wicked hard. And this is after you come back from a Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, which never goes well for Ottawa. Agreed. Or Toronto. Yeah. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard road trip, right? And then to roll in from your Western road trip and go, I think Colorado was waiting for us here. So it's, 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 this is one of those things where you go, yeah, all right. So in your five game win streak, which has really, yeah, you beat Montreal in a fairly lackluster start to that game. Yeah. Man, it was, they were lucky to be hanging around. Sogard was good. Detroit back to back was impressive. Those were good games, but Detroit does not look like. Well, nor are they now. <laughs> a contender, right? No, but you still, a split or three or four in a shootout and you're only saying, eh, eh, no, this was convincing. Wham, wham, we're done with you. And what? Stevie Y turned around that week and said, yeah, fuck it, we're well, out. The, the picture of him on the on the second night of him disgusted leaving leaving the press box yeah. or, the, or the, the, the suite. How do you feel about, because it's getting a lot of love here in town, right? The, the Bra- flex. The Brady Kachuk show. Yeah, yeah. How do I feel about Brady? You find it a bit much? You find it? Um, not really. Well, the flex thing at the, at the end, he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, yeah, but who hasn't been there? You're fired up in the moment and fuck yeah. We're like, we're making a thing of this. Uh, we're doing it and you can't stop me. I, I, I don't blame Sens fans at all for latching on to just about anything positive yep, right now. For and, sure. And this isn't fake positive. You and I proclaimed them dead and buried in November. And they're not. And again in January. Yeah. Basically every week, if I could find a chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. And so they're in it. And this is a thing now. And do I, like, obviously they're still not in and the the schedule is going to get tougher. All these things are real, but there is no denying the fact that right now this is legit. And so the hashtag that's being used quite a bit on Twitter right now is who wants it, which was Brady at the bench, right? Like looking at the Detroit bench. I love that. I, I have time for that shit, right? Like, I, I think that's it. The flex, is it over the top? Maybe a little, but what? this is important, right? These This is a back-to-back, as close to playoffs as this group's ever seen, right? Like, back-to-back series. Yeah, yeah. I got time for it, man. It, it There are certain things you're seeing that are a little over the top, but no different than it would be in any yep. fan base saying, like, holy shit, like, this is happening or we're doing this yeah. or whatever. And maybe they will. Yeah, and, and it's it, it is the who wants it. Yeah. I, I, to me personally, when you skate up and you're like, hey, and you got guys going, shut up. Yeah. But nobody's getting off the bench. No. 
And Nobody again, wants it. if you're Ben Sherratt, why are you, okay, but I'm just, and Brady already dusted him when he was a half, but yeah. why do you not at least somebody get off the bench and go, shut up. Right. Like, I'm going to, we're going to do You're this. You're letting this guy own you on television and. and everywhere. Yeah. And, and so the next morning on, on, on local radio, they played the Detroit radio feed. Mm. And I think Mickey Redmond's on yeah, there. Yeah. And, and the, the one guy's going, oh, there's Brady. He's still talking. And he's still talking. He's still shooting his mouth. And they're like, <laughs> and the guy goes, why doesn't somebody give him a two and a 10 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And then the other guy goes, why doesn't somebody fight him? Yep. He's well, like, well, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's the thing, right? You're like, you're challenging the bench. And everyone's like, Psh. And you're losing 6-2. It's the combo of the two, right? For sure. And back-to-back nights, like, you've been cleaned out here. And what are you going to say? Like, I understand. Have some pride. Stand up. Do something. But you have been dusted. The the pride is Bertuzzi fights Zub the next day. Yeah, well. Way to go, tough guy. Yeah. Noted barbarian art. Yeah. I am Artem Zub. <laughs> like guys never fought before and you're like. Why are you punching me? Yeah. That's like, why you have to be mad? Right. Like. It's, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I, at this point, again, it's, it's Columbus on Saturday night, but it could have just as easily gone the other way a year ago. Yep. And you lose that and it's a wet fart and you're just like, ah, oh, you had to have it. But they didn't. They went and they got it and yep. stayed alive. It's, I still think it's. Unlikely, yeah, but it's way more likely than it was even just a week ago. Well, and what I what I do like, and again, yeah, I I, I firmly believe tonight, which as of the time people are listening to this, Monday night, they beat the Blackhawks, who are a terrible team, and right. they've gotten rid of anybody who was any good. Got to have these. Got to have them. That you get these, and they're either within two points, they're there, and as you've mentioned, the vibe in the city. Is unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? And if nothing else, it's a young group because Shabbat, none of these people have seen any kind of success in this city. Right. And it's a young group, right? And so the fans, the fan base has been 60% of the arena full. The only night it's full is when you have Habs and Leaf fans in the building. Mm-hmm. And so the only environment is sort of the fan base is competing to make noise. And so to see nights when it's, when it's jam packed and they are chanting things like we want playoffs yeah. as a, as a player, you have to, it's got to say, okay, you know what? There's no doubt they're feeling it right this now. This is how it could be. Yep. This is what it could be like if, if we got our shit together. And so the Chikrin thing, as I talked about the Kane thing, he just skates with them. That first goal on, on Saturday night when Goudreau was ragging the puck and then Chikrin just bumped him off, took it. It's interesting, eh? So you do agree ragging it is a thing. Yeah. In defense of Morgan Riley. Okay. Yeah. And then, and it goes out to Kachuk. Kachuk suits like goal. You know what I mean? Yep. And you just sort of go, I don't know what it looks like, but I do know that, that Chikrin played, I think, with everybody. There was a real jumble. <laughs> there was... Zub was with Brandstrom at one point. You had Chikrin with Shabbat. Then you had Hamannick with Shabbat. It was just, and as somebody, and I'm going to lean back, I'm heavy on my, I call, I ran the defensive door for minor hockey <laughs> all the way up to Bantam. And, sure. And, and so 7D, it's hard, right? Because you're trying to juggle line, your line combos, yep. pairings. And so when you have five 
four anyways, four left shot defensemen and you're trying to figure out what works. Yeah. And those are your, at least three of them are your, are your best defensemen. Yep. Three of the four anyways, it's, it's hard. And what happens when games come down to, and we'll see it in Edmonton. We'll see it when, well, in Seattle scored 10 on us, I think when they came through town. So we may see it in Seattle too. Uh, yeah, do you not remember that? Man, they just put the boots to Ottawa. I don't. <laughs> Iowa. That seems like something I would want to keep in my memory banks, but I don't have it. It was like 8-2, 10-2. Right. It, it was a shit kicking. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like everything was going in. Um, when when things get tight, what happens with that line juggling and how, how hard it becomes? But at this point, big body that can skate and has a bomb. Yep. And it's and as you've said, it's totally reignited the city. Um the schedule is tough, but if this team gets between 85 and 90 points, I will be happy. Well, and that's it. As we default back right to the beginning of the season, will they play meaningful games? They're absolutely going to play meaningful games. They're doing it right now. That Detroit series was meaningful games, right? Like it's, uh, it, to me, it became a bit of a crutch, like something you could use kind of easily, you know, in early February, like, well, if you win these or that, that doesn't count. This counts. This is legit. They're, they're in it. And I don't know if they're going to get it done. There are vibes. They're clearly feeling it. It was interesting to see when Forsberg and Talbot were both out and Sogard and Mandelizzi were up here and people trying very hard to manifest the the Hamburglar run. And you're like, just just settle down. Well, even Sogard's like, I am... Uh, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> I'm Sogard. I'm Sogard. Right. I, I am, I'm nobody else. I don't know what you're talking about. But at the same time... They keep piling up points are hotter than anybody in the last month. So we'll see. Like you said, the schedule gets tougher and nobody plays, you know, at an 800 pace. But for now, as long as you keep banking those points, it's 750 it going into last night's game. Right, fair. Only Carolina was hotter since the end of January. But you, go ahead. Sorry. And it was just going to be meaningful games really doesn't mean we're 15 points out and then we ran off six wins and we got to within right. seven. No, because we've seen that a thousand times. Right. Pressure's off. Nobody's taking you seriously. You have a hot finish when you're already dead and buried. You win tomorrow night or tonight and you get to within two points of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Shit's pretty meaningful. Everything is, now you know you have to win. I don't win tonight. I, we're, we're losing we're ground. Burning a game we're in hand. Ground. All these things, yeah. And so to me, those are the... This is, and I didn't really believe two weeks ago, probably two weeks ago. It was one week ago for me. There was no way in my mind they were sweeping. I mean, it's always possible, but you take four points from Detroit and neither of them are in overtime. Like Detroit doesn't get anything out of that. Okay. You've got my attention. Like that's to me when it became legit. Well, and I, and I look at New York, super legit beat Columbus, whatever, like, well, (laughs) you should, and you, uh, you likely didn't see any of the, you likely did not see any of the Ottawa game watching the Leafs in Vancouver at the same time. I did not. They came into that game and I felt like that's a game that they should win. Right. Which hasn't been the case in years where you feel it doesn't matter who it is. Right. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. We could dominate these guys or we could get home by this shit bird. And so I felt like they were going to, they were going to dominate and they came out in the, the 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes, it was unbelievable that look, it, Columbus looked like they were the last place team in the NHL. Funny that. Yeah. But I'm just saying. No, that is the game where you accidentally let down and have something. You, the Detroit games, everybody knows that matters. 
going into New York, fired up crowd, great team. You beat those guys. It would be the easiest thing in the world to come home, stumble against Columbus on a Saturday night and just go, oh, fuck. But they didn't. They Yeah, they put legit, it to huh? him. And, and you look at Stutzla to me, he looks like a guy who just now knows that he's going to he's gonna score, right? Like you look at him and... Yeah, he looks like a legit number one center. That breakaway comes in, he's like, yeah, that guy's going to score. Right. That's And I'd be go, oh, you kidding me? He didn't score? Like he looks to me like when that penalty shot came up in the Detroit game. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, he's going to score this goal. <laughs> Like you just, you just know. And so there's been a slight shift, right? In terms of, of how I look at the team. Hashtag the vibes. Yeah. I still don't think that sounds like a Graham Creech thing. Um, I still don't, I still don't see them making the playoffs, but I still, I I think they can really make some noise and there, this is where the growth really happens. Uh, one of the things you have harped on quite a bit about this team is even outside of the moves that Pierre Dorian has made, even if they're really good moves, don't pick up a microphone. Please don't talk. This isn't going to be good. Uh, Pierre Dorian was busy. Again, brought in uh, Patrick Brown, mayor of Mississauga, I guess, to uh, Mayor Brampton. <laughs> Former candidate for the uh, leader of the conservative party. Right. Brought him in as a defensive center on trade deadline day and did address the media. Uh, after trade deadline day. I'm going to play the whole clip. It's our pal Ian Mendez who asked the questions, and I want you to just wait for it. Just wait for the moment where Pierre Dorian's doing fine, doing fine, doing fine. and then, ah. Where do you see Eric Brandstrom's future uh, on this team? Well, I think we, we saw last year that Eric Brandstrom became an NHL defenseman, regular basis, and this year he's finding his niche. You gotta have a lot of respect that, you know, Jack used him a lot on the PK. He, and the one thing Eric does well is he skates. He can move the puck with his passing ability, but he can also transition it with his skating ability. So I think Eric's just gotta get more confidence in those aspects of the game. But the defensive part has become really good. So I, I think Eric can become a complete defenseman. Wherever he fits on the team, I, I think the fact is a healthy competition on the back end now is that's what good teams have. I'm not saying we're a good team yet, but we're trending in that direction and that's what we want. Come on. This is, you just bought twice at the trade deadline and you can't say we think we're a good team. Well, I'm not saying we're a good team yet. Well, then you probably shouldn't have bought man. Like I, this is far from his worst Bunga, but I'm I'm watching that presser after the deadline, just going, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there, there's so, well, and it's it's listening to him speak, and and he's not wrong. No, it in terms of Brandstrom has become a much better defender. Hundred percent. Is he? No, he's not an elite. Is he a shutdown, shutdown guy? No, but. He, it's true. He has, his offensive game has not been where they projected it to be. Can it get better? Maybe as he grows more confident? Right. Maybe, but it's likely never going to be what they thought they were getting when they traded Mark Stone for him. No. And so this was a question, obviously, once you bring in Chikrin as another lefty, yeah. in theory, maybe it was going to push Brands from it. So that's why Ian asked that question. Right. And it's just, like you said, everything that is going fine for Pierre. Everything you're saying makes sense. And then you're I'm not saying we're a good team. And it does. Yeah. It allows me yep. to, to capture and keep and save just 
I'm not saying we're a good team. And I can have that for for whenever I need it now. And it, just don't say it, man. Just don't yeah. say we're not a good team. That's right there with the rebuild is over. <laughs> right. And, and and so when I hear him say that, and, and again, true, true, not untrue, true, mm-hmm. true. You know what I mean? Uh, short of that last sound bite, it comes back to you're talking about the same guy who with his head coach feels that Nikita Zaitsev is an elite defender. Yeah. And you're like, th- when you say that shit and the fan base knows what and sees better. contract. Okay, Two but, teams have paid to get out of that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying <laughs> when you say that he's an elite defender, we know better. Yeah. And now I can't take you seriously anymore. I cannot <laughs> take you because when you say that. Are you bullshitting me or are you stupid? Yeah, like, well, the, the, and <laughs> that's which, it. Those are your options. Well, that's exactly right. So you take your pick. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. I'm not comfortable with either one of them as a the guy who's running my team. Right. And so when you've had a good summer, when you've had these this good, you know, the the, the positive vibes. That Hot going, Pierre summer. Yeah. You just. <laughs> Say less. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing well. Say less. But talk way less. And so the thing is, as as we're sort of bringing this down, mm-hmm. is all this talk now is that, is DJ a great coach and he just needed better talent? <laughs> and do we keep Pierre? Does he deserve to stay around with new ownership? And you're like, oh, how does Rob feel about that? And Rob wrings his hands and maybe pees this his was, pants I, a I, bit. I, I, it's a week ago with Patrick Kane. Awful. All year. Oh, what a great week. Teams are lining up again to get him. You know what? Like, maybe the team is better than it's been playing and it's maturing and whatever, but all the other things around it, still not so great, right? Yeah. I, I don't think DJ's your guy long-term, and I'm not sure Pierre's going to be the guy who gets to make that decision. But are we sure about that? Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you. Because At least sli- one of us is. I may sleep better tonight because... I'm worried, man, that people look at this and if there's any kind of uptick and there's a surge, as funny as that sounds, as somebody who cheers for the local team, <laughs> and you go, yeah, but that means... Oh, no, they're going to keep Peter Horacek. <laughs> you better check yourself. You better horacek yourself. Yeah. Before, before you, you horacek yourself. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and so these are the things where you go... When are we gonna when are we gonna make this happen and and instead of doubling down and exacerbating existing issues and so but just just if I can if you'll indulge me. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose I have much of an option. <laughs> Watch I'll you, be in the kitchen. Yeah, you actually run the editing and uh you do the cleanup here at the end. So this may move right into weather for the coming week. Um the Rangers, man, I don't think that's a, I just look at those guys on Saturday night and go, yeah, the Tarasenko, it's great. He's a, a, a Kane, that's great. But man, they do not look like a playoff team. They don't a, look like a playoff team. No, 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 no. They're, they don't look like a team that's going to have yeah. success in the playoffs. Sorry. That's where I, that's what I meant to say. They're a playoff team. See, I, yeah, I think that was one of those teams that last summer I looked at going into free agency. What might they do? Who might they be looking at? And I sort of thought, you know, you're a little too horny over what just happened, right? Shesterkin carried your ass. Now he's a part of the team. Yep. And they were good. The goalie gets paid. I understand. A hundred percent. And he was phenomenal in the playoffs, but is your team that elite? Like, I think we all agree, like, Mika Zibanejad has turned out to be a legit, you know, top six guy. 
is that a Stanley Cup winning number one center? Not certain of that, right? Like there was Chris Kreider suddenly decides last year he's a 50 goal guy, has never been before. A lot of things went right for the Rangers last year that I wasn't prepared to, you know, yep. bank on happening again. I, I, I do think they're a legit playoff team. Yep. Wouldn't surprise me if the if the Devils buried them in in the first round. Well, but that certainly may- not the Hurricanes after like right. And and the Devils may be the best first round matchup for them. Yeah, really in terms. Yeah, a of lot of youth, a lot of inexperience. And so to me, you go. But I I do not look at at a team that's hard. And it's funny when they when they fired everybody there. And they're like, we need to bring in Reeves and we need to do all these things. Then, right, back in New York, yeah. And then you're like, oh no, no, we're just flipping guys out again and we're bringing in more skill and we're- I think the blue line's a bit underrated, right? Like guys like Keandre Miller who've come into their own a little bit on that, like, and and Truba suddenly, you know, once he left Winnipeg decided, oh, I actually, I like playing hockey. It's it's fun to do this. Like- Yeah, Fox. At Fox, certainly, right? As a, as a Norris Trophy guy. guy. No, it's just- I think the back end is pretty good. If just like if, if it, seeing Shesterkin in the other net in game one of a playoff series would scare the shit out of you, even if he hasn't had the season. Well, if you have Murray and Samsonov, I he, think. just about anybody is going to scare the <laughs> shit. Cam Talbot will scare the shit <laughs> yes. out of you staring that down. Uh, you know, it. I think the Rangers are pretty good, but I'm not sure that they are. Are you know, sh- in that arms race in the East, right. they're the weakest to me. Well, of the and, six. They, and they bring in Kane and Tarasenko, and and, and those are that's talent. Yeah, if you were trying to win the 2014 Cup, you would be stoked, right? Yeah. Like to have and, those and, two and if Keandre can stop with the ah, know, right. the loogies, come on, man, what are you doing? It was an accident. It makes me think of the Seinfeld with Keith Hernandez back into the left. <laughs> yeah, the the Sapruder film. The Sapruder film with the loogie, fucking hilarious. Man. For sure, it is. Anything else for this one? Oh, uh, nope. I think that's about it, Matt. Yeah. A lot of ground, a lot of news over the last week. We covered a lot. It's true, man. I'm still drinking though, too. <laughs> I'm drinking. Still, still paying zero drinking. attention to the. Uh... I know it's bad for me, yeah. but I also know that those peanut butter stuffed pretzel bites also bad for me. But so good, so good, man. Yeah. But I'm gonna, you know, let me let me figure it out. Right. Let me need, figure it out. I don't need the government interfering. Get in here. If you wanted, if you wanted. They didn't tell me I can't have any more. They're just going to charge me more for it. Yeah. And, and, and so to me, do it all the way around. Yeah. Start syntaxing all that shit. Porn. Oh, easy, Matt. Yeah. Easy. That's a, nobody That's knows. a sin only God knows That's about. <laughs> <laughs> Don't got to charge That's only in a confessional, Matt. Don't even get into that. Um, keep an eye out later this week. We're pretty sure oh, Ian Mendes is going to be happen. here. Like I said, Pierre doing some work out there. I'm not saying we're a good team. Has kept Ian busy here over the last few days. And uh, and so we'll see what that looks like. And then, uh, yeah, next week, uh, Rob will be back in his usual slot. After that, Steve McLean will be in here for the first time in a bit. We'll, uh, lots to cover, lots to do, man. There's always tons going on. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Just follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll see you next time. See ya. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?